Hello, everybody, and welcome Hello. to another episode of Stronger, Healthier, and Happier, the official podcast of Hill Family Chiropractic. Do you, I should let you do the intro sometime. No. You could totally do it. I'll ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, hello, everybody. This is Michael, your host. I'm with uh, the founder, CEO, chiropractor, just all around great guy, Dr. Jared Hill, <laughs> and he's sitting right here across from me. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening and for joining us for another Episode episode eight, believe it or not. We're doing, yes. This is the eighth one of these. This is awesome. Yeah. And uh, how are things going? Going good, by the way. Nice haircut. I like it. Thank you. Fresh. I decided it's time to, yeah, freshen things up. My, it was getting out of hand. <laughs> it was a time thing. It's like, I don't have time to go to the barbershop. And so I made sure I put it on the calendar, put it on the schedule, got it done. So those of you that are listening and not watching, you're missing out. You're missing looks, out. Looks sharp. On the, yeah, sure. It's the same haircut. There's just less of it. <laughs> just less hair there you know but uh so t- i want to start off with a question uh, like we did last week instead okay. of just like how you know tell me what you're excited about this week uh, another question to kind of lead us into what we're talking about my question for you is what was your favorite subject in school what did you mm. like learning in school liked learning lunch doesn't count okay p.e yeah <laughs> okay that's physical fair. education because really i like to play and have fun but also i've always been intrigued about how the body works and how to make it work more efficiently and better and better performance so and it was sounds, fun yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah sounds like it works see i i uh mine was history i love history i hate history yeah i still but love, I love history. it now actually i, I like actually it. just found a cool new american history podcast i'm checking out anyway but uh yeah i loved history and i would actually find reasons to not have to do pe <laughs> I would I would make I would like get uh, my mom worked for doctor's offices. I could usually get a doctor's note whenever I wanted to <laughs> get out of PE. See opposites attract, you know. Yeah, the, we, it's the, funny. the yin and the yang or yeah, whatever. That's right. <laughs> we make the thing work because of the, the two different it takes two different kinds of people to make stuff work sometimes. But yeah, my favorite was history. And did you find yourself I guess with PE, did you take any kind of tests with PE? Physical tests. Yeah. Like, do you remember did you guys do the presidential Phys- fitness test thing. I remember doing that as a kid. Back in Wyoming in the schools, we I don't remember us doing that. Well, there was a couple things kind of like it though, you know, like how many sure. sit-ups you can do in a yeah. minute or but I don't remember it being specifically the mm-hmm. presidential. Yeah, there was this whole whatever, like but. presidential fitness and it may have been just the year well, that I, I was I think that's in pretty school. cool. I mean, but uh, well, I don't remember us. Cuz I remember <laughs> I remember I, I vaguely re- not vaguely, distinctly remember them saying I had to climb this rope. <laughs> And with my noodle arms, I'm looking at the rope going, that, and I literally just told him, I was like, just fail me. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. I didn't even try it. It's like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. We didn't have a rope climbing in it. Yeah. So I don't know. Because that was part of it. You had to do so many sit-ups. You had to be able to run a mile in under 15 minutes. That I did. Wow. Barely. I think I was like 14.59 or something. <laughs> but I did it. And uh, yeah. The, but the rope was where I drew I could have, you know, we may have had it and I just blocked it out. Anything that was a bad memory, I just kind of somehow erase it and then sure. I move on like it didn't happen. Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I had I have friends that that's probably their, their favorite memory from school was yeah. killing that test because they were very athletic, you know, the athletic kids at school. Yeah. So, yeah, that wasn't me. But anyway, those tests I'll, were cool. I was a try hard, but not really that athletic. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> try hard. That's good. I my favorite I liked our history tests. I had one history teacher who would literally give us a we would take notes all week long or a couple weeks long, whatever it ended up being. And he gave us like a note sheet with numbers and like questions and we'd answer the questions on the note sheet while he was lecturing and showing us the videos and doing the <laughs> right? stuff. 
And if you took good notes, literally the test was the same questions in the same order. You just had to have taken good notes and looked over your notes before the test and you passed the test. There you go. And it was awesome. It was really, really great because a lot of teachers made it hard to, to know what to study in the test. Right. He was like, I'm not testing you to trick you. I'm testing you to make sure you've learned what I taught you. It worked out pretty good. That's good. So I loved that test. So this must be leading into the question you have about today. It is. It is. You caught it. Yeah. We're talking today about the tests we take in the office. The question that we ask for number eight here is how do you know you have a subluxation, right? We talked about subluxations already. We talked about what they are and how they affect our body. Uh, We talked about some things like what, um, uh, what kinds of things cause them. You know, the three T's, thoughts, traumas, toxins. We talked about all that stuff. Um, but now we need to know how do we how do we know we have that right? And because so that's my most first people base their health on how they what feel right. So mm-hmm. most people base their health health on how they feel. So a lot of people will learn about chiropractic and the spine and subluxation. Like that totally makes sense. Great when I when I feel I've got one, then I'll yeah, I'll, sure. I'll be coming to see you or something like that. Yeah. Right? And uh, but only ten percent of the nervous system tells you how you feel. That is what. You know what part of this nervous system that tells you how you feel? Would that be the, uh, I don't know, the autotomic? No, no that's not. Sensory. The, sensory nerves. Sensory nervous system. Very Autotomic good, yeah. sounds automatic, like not like different. <laughs> the autonomic is what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. the autonomic. Autonomic. But, but that's, but that's so. I'm not the doctor. <laughs> no, that's good. I was just testing you. you, you did good. <laughs> so yeah, you, the, uh, the sensory nervous system, it makes up about 10% of the total part of the nervous system. The reason we're talking about the nervous system again is because the nervous system controls everything in your body, right? Yeah. All your yeah. organs, 100% of all your organs, glands, tissue, cells, muscles. So if you want to be healthy and optimal function, better quality of life, all those things, we need to make sure to know how your nervous system is functioning. Yeah. And why as a chiropractor, we're talking about that is because there's things you can do to test, to evaluate how that system is working. First, it's split up into three parts, uh, which is the sensory, right? Yeah. Which makes up about 10%. But then there's the other 90% of the nervous system, which is your motor nerves and your autonomic nerves. And your motor nerves are the nerves that control all your muscles and the movement, right? So we do testing in our office. One of the things we do to evaluate how your body is functioning and how healthy your spine and your nervous system is, is we do um, a surface EMG, which is these, uh, uh, these little pads will run along your spine and it's measuring at a microvolt level well the muscles and the tone and how it's firing and and um so how balanced out it is so basically if there's a part of your body or your back that is pulling 10 percent greater over here or 30 percent greater over there then that's an indication when you have imbalances like that it's not telling me they have a subluxation but it's a it's an indication the stronger the pull and imbalance Mm. there then that's the stronger there's an implication that there's a subluxation in that region so that we want to be able to measure that and the same thing with um, the, the other part of the nervous system is the autonomic portion of the nervous system, which is measuring temperature differences along the spine, Okay. which then there's been thousands of studies over the years that help uh, determine when there's an imbalance in the, the temperature along the spine, it correlates to dysfunction going on to where those nerves go to in the body. So different organs and glands. So for example, in the neck, those are the nerves that control like your ears, your eyes, your nose, your throat, your sinuses, you know, it goes into your throat and all kinds of stuff. Go a little lower in your mid thoracic, it can affect more your stomach, your heart, your lungs. You know, go down a little lower your your gallbladder, your liver, your kidney, and your digestive system, where your colon and so forth. Meaning, like there, 
as we're evaluating someone's spine and the nervous system and the results from the tests, it can start giving us indications that there's some malfunction or things not working right internally in their body hmm. and also the imbalance along the spine. And so those are two of the tests that we do. Gotcha. So we do now the the one the first one you called the EMG, right? Mm-hmm. What is do you know what EMG stands for off the top of your head? Electromyograph. Electromyograph. Cool. Because I didn't know that actually. I've done them. I know how to do them on people, but I didn't know what that stood for. Uh, the other one that you were mentioning, I believe, is called the rolling thermal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and it's literally just a, a handheld unit. You just kind of run it up this up their back, and it rolls all the way up, click making a clicking sound. If you do the right pace, it's measuring as you go, and. Uh, yeah, and then you get to kind of track the the temperature, like you were saying there. So that's cool. And then we we the normal scans that we do have three elements: the rolling thermal, the EMG, and then the next one we do is the HRV or the heart rate variability test. That one you just put your hand in a little in a little thing and sit there for three minutes, and it starts and it just takes readings while you do that. You have to sit very still and. Uh, we have some some very older folks and some very very younger folks who have a trouble with the HRV, um, or guys like me who just move all the time. But uh, how exactly does that like what exactly is that measuring, and what are those measurements telling us as you as we decide how to treat a patient? Yeah, the uh, another name for the HRV is pulse wave profiler. Basically, cool. um, the heart rate variability is you'll you've probably noticed more and more it's coming become popular like with Apple watches and and whoop bands for high performance athletes that are or rings what's the the there's a ring that they have that's kind of starting to measure that on a regular basis because they have found that it's linked to uh looking at the quality of life and longevity and the overall health of an individual okay basing it on their heart rate variability base and what that is it's it's measuring the the better zone that your heart rate variability is in the more adaptive that person is and the more balanced they're sympathetic and parasympathetic, which basically means you have the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight, you yeah. know, uh, stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have parasympathetic, which is resting, repairing, and recovery and digestion and sleep, things like that. Okay. And so we want to have a good balance between the brake and the gas. And yeah. <clears throat> the heart rate variability helps us to measure is someone more stuck on the sympathetic or the gas, or are they stuck more on the other side? And, um, so that helps us to determine where, how well their body is dealing and adapting to stress. And then what we can do to come alongside to help that get into a better zone for not just their energy level or their pain, but their quality of life, the direction their health is going. And so we, we monitor these things like the heart rate variability, the thermal scan, the surface EMGs, we have checkpoints because yeah. really these tests are, are really important to evaluate, to help us to understand what's going on with the patient. Mm-hmm. But it's even more important to be able to measure how well they're improving and dealing with life and stress over time. So when we have patients that have been coming in, like you've been coming in, what, 16 years or 15 years, yeah, something like that. It's been 16 there, now. There's been, you know, we have patients that have been coming in for, sorry to say, but 21 years, you know, like. Yeah, I know, it's uh, fine. I know I'm not uh, long. Yeah, it's, no, it's cool. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, they, it's, it's a good way to see, you know, how their body and their nervous system and their overall health is dealing with the stresses, the ups and downs and seasons in their life, right? So um, we need a tool to be able to measure function, not just how their body is actually feeling at the time. Gotcha. You know, because a lot of people think, oh man, I'm feeling great, I'm looking great, I'm exercising, and all of a sudden they die of a heart attack or they find out they've got cancer or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So we need something to be able to measure on the inside. How is the nervous system doing? How well is their body dealing and adapting to stress? And what direction 
are they heading with their health? Hmm. And that's what this uh, tool is that helps us. Uh, it's NASA certified, which may, basically means they took the same technology and did studies on the astronauts um, in space to be able to measure how well their nervous systems are doing hmm. uh, in space. So it's it's a they've uh, used this technology. It's becoming more and more incorporated with like the heart rate variability we've been doing for many many years, and now it's finally coming around a technology that people are wearing it on their the risks on a regular basis sure. because of the data that it gives people to be able to stay at a higher functioning or performance range. Cool. So I, l- I like how you mentioned, you know, guys like me who've been coming for a while who I've been doing, you know, scans every six months for twice a year for, you know, 16 years. And ki- sometimes just coming in and doing it because I was told that's what I have to do. And I'm like, well, that's just, that's how they said I have to, that's what I have to do in my next appointment. So I'm going to do it not always thinking about the fact that it's it's really helpful and and I think it's cool to think about it like this too cuz you know a lot of times I would come in thinking oh this is going to see if the doctor can tell if what they're doing is helping me but in reality I think what it's really doing is telling me if I'm doing everything I can to get the best results out of what the doctors are doing cuz I've never come into the chiropractic office and got half of an adjustment, you know, like I've <laughs> right. never come in and gotten kind of taken care of or, or, you know, whatever that, that doesn't happen here. You know, most chiropractors that that's not what happens, but if the, if the results aren't what we want, it's probably not because I'm not getting the adjustment I need to get. Right. Right. It's because either I'm not coming in as often as I need to come in, or it's because I'm not doing the exercises you've recommended for me to do, or there's things like that, that we, that we as patients, I'm, speak, I'm speaking out of my own guilt here, <laughs> that we as patients have to do to, to maintain and make things get better, especially as I get older. You know, I'll be 40 next year, and uh, I'm looking at 39 and a half next month. My <laughs> half birthday's next month. And as I get older and as I'm trying to be a little more active as I'm older, those things... You know, I'm, I'm trying to do more PE now. Right. You've been I, doing I wish, great, by the I way. Wish I, had, been doing I great. wish I had started younger, to be honest with you. So it would be more of a routine. But... Anyway, my point is those those tests are super helpful. Just like the history test was, hey, I'm going to make sure that you know that what I'm teaching, what we're trying to help you learn, you're actually learning. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm not tr- just getting you to do it because it's the way I do things. It's because it's a measurement. It's a time to measure how you're progressing and improving in my class or under our care as an office. So it's it's really valuable to me, uh, those, those things. The other thing we've started doing for our patients regularly is the in-body scan. Can you Mm -hmm. explain a little bit about what that does? Yeah, you bet. So to kind of backtrack a little bit before we get into the in-body is you think about most people when they start care, um, they're not only wanting to get out of their neck pain or their back pain or sciatic or whatever it is. They really want to be able to get out of that so they can go and pick up their grandkids better. They can go back to golfing and they can have a good quality of life and they be able to travel and do all the things they want to do and love to do their goals, right? And so rather than just a temporary relief, we need to be able to measure, have tools to be able to assess what direction are they heading and what, where are they going? And the in-body yeah. scan helps us along that path. So cool. because uh, w- all this information that we're gathering is just to, to help us to know how we can come alongside and partner with them and give them the right kind of uh, instruction and direction to help them achieve their goals. So the in-body, what it does is it measures body composition. So we've added that um, because it's one more tool to assess those the internal right rather than the external. A lot of people they'll base their health on how they weigh their weight or their BMI, you know, right? Yeah. Their height and their weight, things like that. 
And um, unfortunately, uh, if they just do by their weight, they're they're missing a lot. Um, what's yeah. on the act? What what's making up that weight? How much body fat, and versus how much muscle mass? And then even with the in body, which is great, is it actually measures visceral fat too, hmm. which is the most detrimental fat that uh, to the body and our overall health and future. And so on that scan, it can look at someone that is from from a weight standpoint and from somewhat look they look could look totally skinny, but they can have a high visceral fat, which means that they have a lot of fat in around their visceral organs, which is really detrimental for their toxicity and overall health for their future. And um, so being able to recognize that and see that information, we can start now then determine, okay, what do we need to do to address that and not wait for those problems to occur or those to- that toxicity to affect them in the future? They may not even be having any symptoms yet at this point. Yeah. So, and then another thing with the body composition, if they have a really high body fat and not enough uh, muscle mass, then they're going to be holding their adjustments less, right? Meaning like yeah. as we're adjusting to restore proper function and alignment, there's a nerve and muscle memory pattern that, that is trying to um, develop to stabilize. We want the person to stabilize, hold that adjustment and be stronger and healthier for long-term, see us less, right? Need to be adjusted less. And to do that, we need to address the in-body, their body composition, and help get their body moving better and improve the muscle mass and balance that out around the spine so their body can hold the adjustment better. I see. Okay, cool. So so we're, without the testing, without the looking and figuring it all out that way, you know, and it's not as, it, there's just so much more information we can get to, to just treat our patients better and help them uh, even more. And I love that. Um, and to, to wrap up kind of this, this conversation, the conversation part uh, of the podcast today, um, a lot of times, you know, we did talk about our, we go, a lot of patients decide their health based on how they feel. And we have a term for the, for that, don't we? What we call, what do we call those feelings that our, our body gives us? Yeah. Um, well, all like all the symptoms and the, the yeah, we sure. call them body signals. Yeah. Body signals. So and what does that mean? What does that, what do those tell us? Because it's not that they're not useful, right? Yeah. But what, you know, what does that tell us and how's that different from testing and all that? Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of like we were talking about earlier, the, the symptoms is only about 10% of the, the right. uh, nervous system. And those are the, the body signals, the, the ear aches or the reflux, the neck pain and the back pain, the sciatic nerve pain, whatever label we want to put on it. It's our body communicating to us like a signal saying, hey, something's not right. I need help, right? Mm-hmm. Either I need to change something or something needs help. And so we, we look at those things differently, meaning in our office, we don't treat any symptom. We don't eat, treat any body signal. For example, yeah. people may come in because they have migraines and they may get well, but that's not because we're treating there to remove the migraine. We are looking to see why is the body having a migraine? Why yeah. is it causing that body signal? And for example is um, if somebody, if I jump in my truck out here and I'm traveling down the road and my check engine light comes on, uh, what am I going to do is I'm going to think, oh gosh, I better go get it checked out. I'm going to take it to the mechanic and have them uh, take a look at it, right? So if I, if I come to the mechanic and say, hey, I've got this check engine light that keeps coming on and on, uh, can, you, can you help me out? And if he goes and just puts a piece of tape over that light, yeah, I would look at him like he's crazy, like what is he doing? But unfortunately... What are we doing a lot of times when we have a high blood pressure, right? Blood pressure medication. Or, or, or like reflux. Yeah. Or if we have pain going down our arm. Mm-hmm. Or we have tight muscles or achy joints or, or sinus problems or whatever it is. What do we do is we have a tendency to go and try to find something we can take, 
to remove that symptom. Sure. Okay. Not saying that that's bad, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but because there are times and places for medications, and medications can save lives, right? But the point is. Are we addressing the underlying cause of why that person is having a sinus problem or why they're having a reflux or why they have sciatic nerve pain? If we don't address the underlying re reason, then there's going to be a consequence. For example, if someone has high blood pressure, they go to the doctor, they get a prescription medication, and it lowers that, the medication does exactly what it's designed to do, and it lowers that, that blood pressure into the perfect um, uh, zone did that, my question to you is, did that solve the reason why that person had high blood pressure? No, it didn't. So if by taking that, it's in a better zone, but if we're not addressing why the body was having that signal, do you think that that could have a consequence over time? Sure, but and then when you stop take, if you stop taking the medicine, then the high blood pressure or the blood pressure problem is going to come back, right? Right, but also like what's going on internally that we're hiding. Sure, so yeah. for example, with the check engine light, we put a piece of tape over it, it may at the time yeah. hide it, but is it solving the reason why that check engine light was on? That's a warning signal to, mm. to the driver. Hey, you might want to check this out. When we have a high blood pressure or a reflux or sciatic nerve pain or whatever's going on, that's a warning saying, hey, you might want to find out what's going on here and why is that happening and address the underlying reason, right? Yeah. If we just cover it and try to get through it in that way and don't address that underlying issue, Unfortunately, that may have a consequence, and that's the main thing we have to look at. Um, and that's my message for a lot of people: is just, are you addressing the underlying issue? Hey, I get it. If you got to take something and get some rest that night, but please be addressing of when trying to sure. figure out what is causing the problem. I understand if if you're at risk and you need to take some a blood pressure medication, whatever you need to do to. But are you going to then turn and try to solve why your body is having that issue? Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does, and. And I think the the testing there is 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 important because, like you said, you know, we're not going to treat your high blood pressure right. or your migraines or whatever, but we're going to try to give your put your body in the most optimum state it can be in to begin to handle that stuff. And that's why we have people who the doctors stop prescribing the blood pressure medication, right? Or the doctor or the the patient stops having the migraines or the anxiety and or depression or mm -hmm. whatever it might be. There's all right. kinds of different stories of patients who have been prescribed medication or having to take things for different different reasons and came in came in for chiropractic care and followed doctors recommendations and because of that their body is now in a place to manage the stresses of life better the the thoughts toxins and traumas and they're doing things outside of the office to help themselves manage the thoughts toxins and traumas and because of the all those pieces of the puzzle they don't have to take that medication anymore. And so, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's right. And, and, well, and just to kind of share, I mean, we're not medical doctors. We will right. never prescribe a medication or tell a person not to, to get on right. or off any kind of medication, right? Yeah. But what's so awesome is when the body, when we help facilitate a person's body to start working and functioning and communicating, the nervous system, which controls everything, to, to communicate better, like a Wi-Fi on a cell phone, right? Yeah. To, to be able to have five bars rather than two bars of signal strength into where the body can then can tell the digestive system to release the proper amounts of digestive enzymes and the pH and the acids to, so it can digest food and not have heartburn anymore. We're not treating the heartburn, but the body's actually just working the way it's supposed to to break yeah. down the food now. 
And so that's where really um, I always, we always recommend for our patients to work with their doctors of what they can be doing to, to remove that or change that. And we are, we're working on, we're specialists in the spine and the nervous system and getting that to function properly. Mm -hmm. And that leads me to one more thing that we test that we do. That's really important. A lot of times is we also evaluate the posture and do a postural screening and, and take pictures to evaluate that along with. Many times we have to do digital x-ray too to look to a deeper level. So once we identify um, through this spinal exam and we do, we look at how the nerves are functioning, we, we evaluate, we get a really good history as well to kind of find out any uh, traumas or falls or what those body signals are. Because we want to consider that that 10% is really important, how, yeah. how, how the body's feeling. But the like you're saying, we don't, we don't want to um, guess. We want to test. We want to evaluate all the different systems in the body, how it's working, how it's functioning, looking at the posture, looking at the structure, how much damage is going on in the spine, what the nerves are, how they're communicating, looking at the body composition. And now even a new test that is we're launching is the yeah. Pinoy. I have to say something about it. Yeah, no, but, I ha- actually have in the notes here, more tests to come. Like <laughs> yeah. There's even more stuff in the in the works because we just can't test enough. Yeah, we we want to know as much information as we can to help right. patients. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because of the, uh, the more information we have, then the, the better starting point we can and be more laser focused on sure. the best. And that's what the Pinoy basically is. It's a, um, it's a resting and an active metabolic rate testing, looking at CO2 levels, looking at your VO2 max, looking at mitochondrial health, your heart health and your lung health and, and your metabolism rate and all these different things to be able to basically evaluate how well your body's breaking down carbohydrates, fats, proteins, and then how your heart and your lungs and all that's working with it so we can customize the right kind of exercise pre- uh, program, hmm. what zone, heart zone you should be in, with, if, whether it's interval or strength or cardio, and then also uh, with partnering with these registered dietitians to, to create the best uh, nutrition plan for that individual, whether it's to lose weight or body fat or increase muscle mass or performance or endurance or longevity. Yeah. I mean, so it's been really exciting. Uh, we're onboarding that testing this uh, week. We've been doing some testing and seeing some really cool things, but that's more to come. I know that, yeah. but, but, but the point is we are an office that we are passionate about getting to the underlying cause and not just treating symptoms. Yeah. We, we want to see someone really evaluate how the body is actually working, how it's functioning, and then what course of action can, can be done which usually involves lifestyle, right? Not just coming in and getting adjusted, but making sure the spine and the nervous system is as healthy as possible along with taking care of it. What Mm -hmm. we put in our body, how we move our body and how we think and so forth. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. And and I'm, I'm, like I said, I've been a benefactor of all of these, these tests and what they can do. And my family, you know, four kids and my wife as well. So I'm grateful for all of it, but um, that's all the time we've got for today. We all got to move on to what's next for our day today. But uh, thanks for all the all the answers and just really unpacking what these tests are for us. I think we I think this is an awesome episode for new people who are considering chiropractic, new patients who've come in, or even people who've been coming for a while and they just they've been going through the motions like I was talking about myself doing, but they're they're not sure why they do what they do. Well, now maybe some of this can help. You bet. Yeah. You understand. You know, it's pretty awesome. So um, if you have any questions uh, for Doctor Hill or uh, anything, you can uh, email us at info at hillfamilychiropractic.com. If you send us that email, we'll answer the question on the show right at this little section right here. We would we would go ahead and answer those questions. So go ahead and send us those uh, questions if you have any. And um, other than that, please uh, subscribe to 
the show on any of the podcast apps that you use, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can follow the show or Spotify or Stitcher or there's so many different places you can listen to podcasts. We're on all of them, so check them out. You can even listen on your Alexa. So uh, yeah, in your car with your with your Apple Play or whatever. So uh, you can do all those things, listen to the podcast, tell your friends about it, tell somebody who you think would benefit from it. And uh, and then if you're watching the video on, on YouTube, you can subscribe to the, to the channel there so you don't miss any of the new episodes when they come out, as well as other educational stuff we put on the YouTube channel from time to time. Uh, so thank you again for listening, Dr. Hill. Thank you for taking the time today. You bet. To uh, join me and, and help patients understand about the testing we do. So thanks very much for listening and for watching, and we'll see you guys next time on Stronger, Healthier, and Happier. You bet. See you.